0: Welcome to
1: the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James.
0: Kudos to Jody. Woo!
1: Yay! <laughs> I made it through without flubbing at that time.
0: <laughs> uh, on behalf of those who have probably a good dozen outtakes of having people hear me flub it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that I, 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 I'm not entirely sure that's the first time I flubbed it, but I think it is. But
0: anyway. getting to the point of this episode it's supposed to be short (laughs) it's like luke when he dresses like a (laughs) stormtrooper yeah 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 you may be wondering gracious did they accidentally put out two episodes today we're like no it's on purpose that
1: that explains it for me i mean (laughs) i was kind of (laughs) wondering
0: well but a few months ago when we're talking about halloween i always talk about how i want to do sequels to books i've read like you know you want to see what happens later and and halloween tree is one of those and i told told jody i'm gonna work on a little bit and if i get it done you know maybe we can do it and and i actually finished it and
1: yay wait it's not like a (laughs) just not like 500 pages is it
0: it is two and a half pages typed of eight and a half by 11 sheets okay and if he tries to complain. I gave him the opportunity to just do the intro and outro. I would <laughs> record the other part later, but no, you, you did,
1: you did. That's 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 why I actually I, I actually knew how long it was. I was just trying to be funny.
0: You should try harder. No, <laughs> yeah,
1: I've, I've been told
0: that. <laughs> Are you drinking anything tonight? By the way, as we record this on the Halloween Eve.
1: <laughs> Halloween <laughs> <laughs> um i i am not i uh thought about it i do believe after you and i finish recording though uh rebecca and i are going to be opening up the bottle of your hallow mead that you gave to her actually she was the one that requested it and you still have at least one bottle so
0: i do actually i've got a half we, a bottle myself that i'm gonna have tomorrow so cool
1: all right yeah so
0: let me well, know if she enjoys it
1: yeah we we have to there's a reason why we have to do it tonight not tomorrow so
0: (laughs) yeah oh i I suppose i could say i'm i'm drinking slasher from scarlet lane their annual roasted pumpkin uh roasted pumpkin seed ale oh that sounds nice it is and they do it different every year this year they included not just the roasted pumpkin seeds but uh some lactose and caramel and cinnamon it's it's almost like a drinking a candy candy corn
1: oh nice if yeah. you like candy corn, I like candy corn.
0: I love some candy corn.
1: Yeah, we're weird like
0: that, <laughs> <laughs> and, and other ways.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, 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 but mostly that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, it's only four percent too, so I, you know, I can actually have a few of those in a night, and it's not a big deal. Let's get to the episode because this is a Halloween Ean recording for a Halloween night special. <laughs> All right, So so the quick background is ever since I've read this, I've always been like, well, you know, Mound Shroud always talked about coming for the boys later on, you know, or, or D yeah. for Doom or B for Bones, you know, the whole thing. And, yeah. and it's always, I've just always wanted to write something that wrapped that all up. Okay. And honestly, this would be the perfect year to do it because, uh, as we have mentioned, it is the 50th anniversary of the book itself, Halloween tree.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it is the 10th anniversary, although it was back in June, uh, 10 years ago, Ray passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. A little thing for the anniversary because I've always wanted to. And and, in this way also because of this episode, uh, which I could have put in a text to you the other day, this will allow (laughs) us to do our 250th as a special Thanksgiving episode.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, and I want to talk to you about that after, we, can, we, we finish we can do that we, we don't even have to have a reason but we do have a reason yes <laughs> i'm ready when you are ready i have scissors i, I mean i'm ready <laughs> well <laughs> well i i have a rock so i win <laughs> <laughs> okay charlie brown <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: <clears throat> the halloween tree the sequel The wind blew through the trees, rustling leaves of burnt orange and flicker fire red. Pumpkins still sat on the steps or leaned against railings in this not-quite-so-small-but-still-some-wilderness-nearby town that Tom skeleton dearly loved. Year after year, trick-or-treaters would go out of their way to his house. He loved to hear their oohs and ahs and Jesus, as children of four and children of 40 would make their way up his walk past all the decorations. Some were scary and some were playful. But all were lovingly placed in order. Cavemen, rough and cowering from saber tooths, mummies emerging from their tombs, from their jaw cracking sarcophagi, gods of the dead staring out from behind standing stones, circled as if by druids, ghosts arising from graves and peering from behind trees, their white sheets and shadows, witches stirred cauldrons, casting hexes at the parade of innocence as they traped by, masked beggars begrimed with the dirt of centuries begging for soul cakes in return for prayers for those caught between afterlives. Gargoyles and demon dogs, vices and psychopomps, all crouched and swishing tails, ready to pounce on the unweary. And finally, as the porch was reached, skeletons, dozens of skeletons, cavorting and dancing and making merry, their fine bones gleaming in the light of orange and violet that were sprayed across the house front. And then, the pounding of their sneakers on a xylophone-tuned porch, followed by a pounding on his door. He would answer as he did every year with his bone mask on and his bones showing, always to the grateful glee of those who would whisper, shout, or loudly whisper, trick-or-treat to the neighborhood's greatest lover of Halloween. And as the last trick-or-treater thanked him, he heard the town clock striking quarter till witching hour and knew it was time to wrap up another fine haunted holiday. He blew out the jack-o'-lanterns. Breathing deeply of that last warm, sweet scent of pumpkin candle for the year, he turned off the porch light and turned off the strobe lights and turned his gaze across the dark ravine, that dark ravine that was still there from his childhood. Memories flooded back as they did every year. And just like every year, his gaze went across to the spot where once stood the most Halloween haunted house that had ever been built where the grandest adventure of his childhood took place with the closest of friends a boy could ever know, to learn why Halloween was, and is, and will be, all while saving their friend Pipkin. Pipkin, that greatest of boys, had turned into the most adventurous of men, a life well lived, rarely stopping, but always running, running to the next great thing, a globetrotter, a bull runner, a dreamer, who lived with his feet in the dirt and his eyes on the horizon, Ah, Pip, Tom muttered, I miss you. I miss all of you. For Pipkin had been gone long years now, but those years in between, those were wonderful years of friendship. All nine would gather as they could. Halloween night, every year for some time, but then adulthood crops up like a scarecrow in the field, causing them to all fly away to different lives. Schools, and marriages, and families. But Pipkin, Pipkin always came back on Halloween. He and Tom would fall back as they always did, talking of friends and excitement from the past and the present. Others too, when they could. Usually Ralph. Wally a lot. The happiest were those few times when they could all make it. A joyous reunion when the men became boys once again on Halloween night. The first to go was Hackles at 36. Of course, he who wore the dressings of the Celtic God of Death, however historic or not that may have been, would be the first to lose out on that last year of his life. A heart attack after a long day of digging in the English countryside left him lifeless on his cot with a note on his chest that simply read, A Worthy Year. Of course, the other eight knew exactly what it meant, mostly because seven of them had been there and given a year freely and the other, receiver of those 365 rotations, because four years after their grand adventure, he conjoled and wheedled them for the whole story before they had all started to go off on their own great solo adventures. Next was Ralph, who was wrapped in his own mummy's eternal embrace at 42 while at the Natural History Museum. Others followed suit in similar fashions, with George next, who gave up his ghost at 48, and then Pipkin, falling away right in the middle some 22 years previous. After most of them had left the world of the living, Tom and Wally and Henry Hank, the last three, had worked out Mr. Moundshroud had actually given them hints for the years of their deaths. He who would live to 55 must lay them down to forever sleep at 54. He, being Fred Fryer in this instance of finality, while donating his time at a homeless shelter, is how they worked it out. At this point, they knew only two more of their ages. Wally found the first at 73 instead of 74, and Henry Hank found the unknown at 81 rather than 82 which left Tom, who turned 85 earlier in the month. Did he care that he is bereft of his 86th year? No, he had given the year gladly, as they all had, and Pipkin had used those years wisely and wildly, and none were begrudged. Tom also knew. No, Tom felt, felt as if an embroidered card with his own death date had been handed to him, that tonight would be the night his number was called, and that number was ninth of nine. The clocks in his house took away the final moments of Halloween night. The town clock struck midnight, and Tom, once again, savoring that last moment of his favorite holiday, waiting on his porch to listen to all 12 of the sonorous clangs before going inside, but someone else had other ideas. Fingers snapped, and a small fire popped from horny hands. A glint of eye flashed and then was overshadowed by a small candle that was inside a small jack-o'-lantern whose skull-faced Tom remembered from all those years ago. "'It's good to see you again, Tom,' a gleeful, cackle-filled voice spoke. "'It's good to see you again, too, Mr. Moundshroud,' Tom said, turning to the light and away from the sudden deeper shadow on the porch. He was now as tall as a specter, but still felt like a boy in his presence. "'You knew I would come tonight?' "'It couldn't have been any other way. "'I noticed the clock never made it to the twelfth note,' Tom smiled. You always were a bright one, lad, Mr. Moundshard smiled with his rictus grin. Do you regret it, your year? Another year of teaching history. Another year to write another book of ancient stories starring ghosts and goblins? Not at all. Good then, Moundshard nodded. Are you ready for another adventure then? Another adventure? Oh, yes, boy. You have friends who've been waiting years and years for you to join them. And this time, the adventure doesn't have to end after one night. In the rising light of the candle, Tom could make out eight figures, growing more distinct as he looked. They were boys, decked out in Halloween costumes of years gone by, grease paint applied and masks rubber-banded on, and they were men, retaining friendships all those long decades, whether in person, every All Hallows, or long distance. They were his friends, and they were beckoning him. The light grew stronger as he walked forward to them, the ears dripping off as wax from a candle arms around shoulders and sneakers scuffling leaf dust they were laughing as they walked into the light a red crackling light as if given from a thousand million jack-o-lanterns hanging from a halloween tree there you go there, there you have it
1: i liked it it you know it wasn't right bradbury but uh, <laughs> but but still i mean no that was, right <laughs> exactly yeah no that was that was uh that was really good i liked that
0: yeah thanks i tried to do it in his his style as much as i could but you
1: know that's really hard to do (laughs) it's
0: hard to do and (laughs) i think i got lucky because i watched the halloween tree too and he narrates it which gives me an idea of how he speaks and and he speaks differently than i do and i tried to imitate that as i wrote it in my head (laughs) yeah but it, it makes me feel better knowing that it's done now cool yeah yeah glad you liked it
1: yeah that was that was good
0: I, I hope everybody listening enjoyed it and it helps your Halloween out just a wee bit
1: more. Yes, okay. that uh, let that um, enhance your Halloween experience.
0: Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was, was going to make fun of you freezing a fancy word, but that, that accurately portrays what we would like it to do. <laughs> yes. Yep. Enjoy your Halloween and Sawan. Yes. Yeah, let's keep this short. Yeah, I'm James.
1: <laughs> I'm Jody.
0: <laughs> and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. What was Ray's quote? Throw up in the morning and clean it up in the afternoon. Yeah. First time you write it, just put everything down and then make it nicer later.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Are you ready, kids? Hi,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right, Captain. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of <laughs> me, Mayhem. Yay! I flubbed it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever flubbed it. <laughs>
0: it only took almost 250 episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See, I'll let you get a statistics thing in there.
0: Woo! Yay! You know, I missed that, too, when we are talking about uh, Hallow Reed. I actually meant to suggest a couple short stories because they both star mathematicians. <laughs> 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 uh, Bram Stoker's The Judge's House and Lovecraft's uh, Ra- uh, Dreams in the Witch House.
1: Yeah, yeah. But we've talked about Dreams in the Witch House. We have. Yeah. If you're ready. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. The the next one I do, which, you know, uh, whether I read it or not on the podcast will be how Scrooge McDuck passes away and Huey, Dewey, and Louie are there with him.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, boyhood friendships. Yeah. With skanks from high school. <laughs>